it's really important that you understand what kind of lifestyle you want to lead. Careerism is over as far as I'm concerned. It's about how, what kind of life do I want to lead and then what role does work play in helping me achieve those goals? Yeah. If you do that, you're always going to have clarity on, on the kind of work you do. I think the second thing is for managers and leaders, how important it is to embrace the mindset change that is needed to understand how to manage humans. We're going to have to spend a lot more time and intention in understanding the people that we work with. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. Championship Leadership Podcast. And we have Lauren Tucker here with us today, just outside of Chicago or in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, thanks for being here, Lauren. Appreciate it. Great to be here. And thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Uh, so I always like to start us off and ask the name of the podcast is Championship Leadership. So what comes to mind for you when you hear Championship Leadership? What's that mean? Well, to you? I you know, it's it's funny that you ask because I, I always think of the difference between um, what I call champions and, and cheerleaders, right? Okay, yeah. Uh, we've got a lot, you know, a lot of times we have a lot of cheerleaders, right? They stand on the sidelines and, and hope you win. And that's great. Love yeah. to have some cheerleaders. Right. But what though, you know, especially those of us who are business owners or, you know, people of color or anybody really in, in, in you know, trying to, to make a difference in the world, we need champions. And those are the people that get in the game and help us win. It requires some, sometimes social capital, cultural capital, political capital, and even financial capital. And those folks are much rarer, right? They're, they're more rare. They're, they're sometimes very hard to find because it takes a certain amount of courage for yeah. champions you know, to, to, to make that kind of investment. They have skin in the game. Um, and, and, and I really separate them from coaches, right? Coaches maybe have a little bit more invested than cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. But champions are the, the folks that get in there and they 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 make the plays. They 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 make the way for yeah. you to run and 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 make the goal. And then they step aside and and allow you to enjoy that success um, and support you in that success. And that takes courage. It takes humility. It takes. Um, not a little bit of, uh, you know, want, you know, willingness to stand aside and not be the center of attention. Uh, and those, those are hard to find. Those people are hard to find. Yeah, absolutely. I love that answer too. Um, you know, especially I was just talking to a few folks from around the country earlier today and a little bit of a, a round table and, you know, over the past couple years, two and a half years with COVID, and it seems like it's uh, in the workforce, especially it's it's the, the the challenge for leaders nowadays is it seems to be uh, a little bit more difficult. Uh, something's happened to where, you know in the workforce, uh, the, the dynamics have changed a bit for for whatever reason, and so now more than ever, I think we we need, we need more of those champions, and it's. It's not an easy go and uh it's it's hard to find find those people to fill that yes yes yeah 
Um, well, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and, and who you are and kind of your story a little bit and how that's led up to, to what you do today and, and what it is that you're up to. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I will tell you, I'm a relentless optimist. I, <laughs> I actually, <That's> good. <laughs> yeah, I've actually been writing some, some blog pieces I want to get out there, some articles I want to get out there. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a, I'm a little concerned about the, the kind of reckless, what I call the reckless hate that I see out there uh, in the news, but I always feel like there's there's a lot more people who want to fight the good fight, right, and, and, and make the world a better place. And I think, you know, I'm fortunate to have gathered uh, a, a good group of people to work with me on trying to go beyond uh, what we talk about is going beyond diversity, equity, and inclusion, and really focusing on making positive change in um, the business culture, uh, not just here in the United States, but around the world. We've got some interest from, from global folks who really uh, see the value of what we're saying, which is uh, really helping management and the talent force come together to work together for prosperity, to um, make sure that everybody in the organization not only feels safe, valued, and heard, but productive. And also to make sure that, you know, and this is how we define, you know, inclusion management, which is what we focus on is inclusion management consulting. And it's really about getting great people into great jobs um, and great careers uh, and helping them create products and services and content that are memorable and meaningful and remarkable to an increasingly multicultural and global world and at the very, you know, and not doing any harm. And so this is our mission. And that mission really comes from all of our experiences. And I have a very inclusive um, group who all come from different uh, types of lives, uh, experiences in the, in, in, in the workplace, political um, perspectives from progressive, highly progressive to conservative. But we all come together knowing that the world is changing and that change happens all the time. And mm -hmm. that one of the biggest evolutions that is happening right now is that we have a talent force that is realizing that their the the economy needs its uniquely human capabilities of uh, creativity and innovation and information and knowledge and service, and we want to help managers and, and corporate leaders understand how to manage humans for the 21st century, that human diversity. And that's what we mean by going beyond DEI, because at the end of the day, um, I think, you know, we really got spurred into this business because we saw the failures of traditional diversity and equity and inclusion practices, in part because the system of talent management has been broken for so long. And it doesn't suit the needs of an economy driven by knowledge, information, creativity, and innovation and service. And so we're finding that our uh, approach 
you know, is, is one where we really talk about the complexity and the diversity of human experiences really come into play these days in managing and motivating um, a talent force that, again, has the uniquely human capabilities we need if we're going to be competitive as a, as a nation and if companies want to be competitive and drive growth uh, in this century. Yeah. Yeah. So how did, how did, uh, how did that journey begin for you? Well, I think, you know, I've, I've come out of, you know, uh, strategy and intelligence and data science. And I also have studied uh, a great deal uh, in terms of multicultural um the world of multi multicultural uh, research. Uh, my PhD certainly was in that in that area, and I think my relent my relentless optimism has oftentimes crashed into um, ruthless reality, and realizing that I was not. Uh, able to have my full potential realized in corporate America, not always, and I would argue, I don't think it's always, you know, so much about white supremacy and white fragility and so forth. A lot of it's just cronyism and nepotism and the operational inefficiencies around talent management that keeps uh, corporate America from realizing the full potential of talent. And I felt that that was what was happening to me. And the more I talk to people, the more I talk to employees, um, the more I realize is that it really isn't, you know, it, it's, yes, maybe, you know, Black people, women, LGBTQ may feel things more acutely. Um, those operational inefficiencies that foster bias and exclusion. But when I start talking to people, um, and I'll talk to a lot of white men who will call me up and say, I felt that I'm not, my potential isn't being realized. And as I started, you know, started to dig deeper, it really is that we have maintained very antiquated approaches to managing talent. Um, as I like to say, you know, I'm a recovering boomer and <laughs> I came of professional age in the 80s, 90s, and in, you know, in early 2000s. And we were all raised by wolves. We, you know, we did things like, um, you know, I like, I'd like to tell the story of my first job in advertising my first big job in advertising and the managing director sat down with me in an onboarding conversation and said, you know, Lauren, we'd like to give you, uh, you, you folks enough um, rope to hang yourself. You know, now I say that in, you know, my speaking engagements today and people immediately go, oh my God, I can't believe that anybody said that to you. And immediately their heads go to either, you know, the suicide reference or the, or, or the lynching reference. And what I like yeah. to remind them, I said, but let's look at the subtext underneath that. The subtext was what he was really telling me was 
I have all the power and I'm abdicating the responsibility to help you towards job success. Because what was interesting is a week later, I heard him give that very same speech and many of his peers were giving those very same speeches to white guys. And what he's really saying is I'm abdicating my responsibility to help you find job success. We were all raised by wolves. Why would you do that? Why would you not nurture talent to make sure that they can navigate those opportunities that you're giving them and make sure that they have um, the proper foundation so that they will not fail, um, that they will not hang themselves, as, as he said. And so, you know, just recently, um, I had a conversation with a, a both proud and concerned mom. Um, her daughter had just been recruited and hired by one of the big uh, consulting firms. I was kind of disappointed because it was a firm that has done a, quite a good job, I think, on at least thought leadership in the inclusion um, management area. But uh, as, as they were being onboarded, you know, those, the, the consulting firms tend to hire in classes, right, cohorts. And so there's about 100 of the folks that have been hired. They were having a big onboarding, um, you know, event. And the managing director said, look around you. There's about 100 of you here and about 80 of you will not be here by the end of the year. Now, you know, I know that the intention is somehow to make people feel like they're in this competitive atmosphere and that if they're the ones that are the 20%, that, oh, that means I'm so fabulous. But what that said to me was, wow, you really make poor hiring decisions because you're saying that 80% of the people that you've just hired aren't going to find job success by the end of the year. What does that say about your organization? And think about it this way, that on average, with a professional services firm, we're talking about $25,000 per recruit. And you're telling me you are wasting 80 times $25,000, do the math, that is not good business sense. So either you're not hiring the right 20 people, right? Yeah. You know, or more importantly, you're wasting the resources that you just spent all this money um, bringing on board. And that's where we are with inclusion management is trying to get a mindset shift uh, among corporate leaders to leave those, those bad practices of the 20th century behind and really start learning how to manage humans for this century. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, it's, it's, uh, I think it's a lot more complex. It's like, there's no easy answer to it, but, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. I, whenever someone's told me that I've always, I've always, because you hear that in a lot of different arenas, right? And, um, I think there's probably a lot of truth to it because there's a lot of statistics to back it up, but at the same time, it's like, what good is that doing uh, anyone in this room? Um, and yeah, to your point, right. It's like, well, what could you do differently to, to hire the right ones and, and really maybe shift your focus to help them to be successful. 
on the on the flip side of that, if it, it feels like right now, and this is a conversation I was having just a little bit ago, like uh, with the CEO of a hospital and, and the the troubles he's having, filling positions and not just wanting to fill a position just to fill it, and wanting the right people. Um, and I don't know what it is right now, but it, it seems like there's a lot of opportunity across the board for, you know, um, positions throughout all different, like, you know, there's, there's jobs available. And, you know, for instance, I was at a Chipotle yesterday and the experience was just, and it's, it's deteriorated in the last two and a half years. And I don't know exactly what the heck it is, but if it's really just a lack of talent out there, I think it's also a lack of leadership. Uh, again, I think it's way more complex than one simple answer, but, but it's interesting to see what's going on right now. And it feels like there's a lot of opportunity for people out there. Um, if they really want to go out and get it right. I think one of the things that you're noticing is, um, <clears throat> it isn't what's happening is people are getting hired, but they are not getting positioned and trained for job success. So Do you also you feel know, like there's a, a part where, you know, again, this, uh, the CEO is like, we got new nurses coming in that want to, they're starting pay to be at the same level of someone that's uh, uh, an ICU nurse that's been working in, in the industry for 20 years. And it's like, well, what would make you think that you should start out the same place as, as that person? And, you know, well, I, I will say that one of the things we first do, you know, what we do tend to recommend to our clients is to do a compensation study. You know, a lot of times people do compensation studies because they want to uh, eliminate the inequities within the organization. But I think it's really important to do a holistic compensation study um, to really understand not just in terms of competitive compensation um, within organizations, but what we find is that, you know, first of all, let's be clear on the economics of the situation. The bottom line is real wages have not gone up. They have not gone up. And, and so, you know, corporate organizations are finding themselves in a, in a real uh, hydraulic of their own making because real wages have not gone up since the late 70s. And yet uh, productivity has gone up dramatically. What do you mean when you say real wages? Real wages meaning inflation adjusted, okay? So people know this. And I think this is where we really, we, you know, leaders in, in corporate leaders do not give enough understand, enough credit to the talent force who, yeah, they may not have economics degrees, but they understand the economics of business in America. And they know that, um, they see CEO pay dramatically going up. Um, during COVID, CEO pay went up by 18%. Um, but the real inflation adjusted wages have not. And the talent force out there knows this. They're not idiots. They may not have MBAs, but they know the reality of the economics of corporate America. So we have to come to some understanding about this. We have to 
um, we have to face this reality. A lot of corporate leaders don't want to face this. They make all kinds of assumptions that they shouldn't. They do it at their peril, um, especially around a talent force that is driven by knowledge, information, service, creativity, and innovation. And that is, these are people that are understanding their own power in this 21st century economy. Now, I had some CEO that a few weeks ago listened to me in a, in a, a, a speaking engagement and told somebody, oh my God, she's just, she's anti-boomers and she's pro-workers' rights and, you know, somehow kind of cast me as some kind of radical. I'm not a radical. I'm telling you what the data, I come from data science. Mm-hmm intelligence. I, I, I'm just telling you what the reality is out there. You ignore it at your own peril. And we have not made the kinds of adjustments we need to make to address a, again, a talent force where we need their uniquely human capabilities. They, it's not going to be automated. It's not going to be taken over by AI. It's not going to be taken over by robots. In fact, I would argue that the technology that has come in has created the space for this elevation of human talent to be much more strategic, the needs much more strategic, much more um, you know, understanding the, the soft skills of human to human interaction that, that we need in the service industry. And we're going, we ignore that as business leaders to our own peril. And we're gonna have to give up that mindset that, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard CEOs say things like, well, they, you know, they don't want to work. You know, if they are working remotely, how do I know that they're working? <laughs> what, what does this mean? Are you, are you seriously telling me that you are investing in talent that doesn't want to work? What does it say about you? You know, and I think that when leaders say these things, they are basing on, on a very antiquated understanding of the marketplace and very under, you know, antiquated understanding of economic dynamics. Um, and so, yes, people are saying, I not only want to get paid more, but here's the thing. What we have found is that when people have the opportunity to work at great places with great jobs, they won't focus on the money they will typically on average take 30% less if they feel that they are working in a great place, in a great job that gives them the kind of recognition and appreciation that they seek to have in, some, in, a, in something where they're spending 40, 50 hours a week. Now, here's the deal. Yeah. If you're not willing to invest the time and the energy as a leader to champion your talent, to understand that human diversity, then those people are going to say, well, then I'll just ask you for more money. I got to get something out of this relationship. And it is a relationship. It is not a highway and a bike path. It is a two-way street. And this is where uh, American corporate leaders are going to have to get the mind shift underway. Because if they provide great jobs with great cultures and great leadership, we know that people will not see compensation, monetary compensation as the end all and be all and will take less money 
if they feel they're getting a great career experience. And if you're not investing in giving your people great career experiences, then you should get hijacked on the road. You should. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, it's, it, it definitely uh, says a lot to be in a place where you really can value, feel valued and, and value where you're at. Right. Um, so 100% there. What's um, what, who would be some leaders, coaches, mentors that you've had in your life and, and more so always than who it is, uh, you know, what are some of the characteristics that really stood out to you that have maybe impacted you as a leader and, and, and have helped to model who, who you are as a leader? I wish I could tell you that I've had someone that I could point to. Mm-hmm. I've had some organizations that do things right, some things that do things wrong. Um, I feel overall, I've had fairly mediocre managers. Um, what I have done though, is I have gone out, it's, I like to tell people, I don't have an original thought in my head. Yeah. What I do well is process innovation. I go out and find best practices, uh, in terms of leadership, talent management, there are people that have been ringing this bell for years. People like Lou Adler, um, who talk about uh, you know better talent management. He's been talking about it for decades. No, yeah. he obviously has a successful business, but more right. people should pay attention to him. I pay attention to him. I pay attention mm-hmm. to some other folks that I think are really focused on um getting away from those abusive ways of managing talent so have i learned from some of those abuses yes have there been people that have given me specific opportunities that i appreciate yes what i do is make sure that the folks that work in my company you know i lead by example um i make sure i understand the different strengths of each one of my um team members um sometimes i switch them around because i realize wait a minute they're in a place where they're not able to to really leverage those strengths so i'll move them around um i make sure i get to know and understand where they're coming from it takes time you know we have status meetings that go for two hours (laughs) every week we have one status meeting we don't do 30 minutes we do two hours and the first hour I just want to know what everybody's thinking and feeling about the world at large and what's happening now I have a small business right this is not a 300 person or 500 person or whatever business yeah but it does take intentionality and so I try to live the mission and quite frankly any one of these people that works with me they could make twice as much money someplace else yeah but they're here because they believe in the mission and they know that they can they have a transparent relationship with me where they, I, they push back and they, and I get how hard it is. I'm like, wait a minute, this is my business. I built all this stuff. And when they push back on me, there's a little part of me that says, wait a minute, what, what, what is this all about? Yeah. Then right. I work very hard to put that little person in a box because these folks care about this business and they aren't going to suggest something that is going to put this company in jeopardy. I have to get my head around that. Yeah. I have to get my head around the fact that they know things that I don't know. I'm yeah, not the right. smartest girl in the room. 
right? And that's very, very, that's a mind shift. I understand how difficult it is, but it is a mindset shift that we have to do as 21st century leaders. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room, right? You want to uh, surround yourself with strong leaders. Absolutely. Uh, what is shift gears just a little bit um, as we start to wrap this up? What what is a moment in your life where I don't know? I guess I call it kind of a critical moment that the fork in the in in the in the road where you either go left or right, and obviously you made the decision that you did that has you where you are today but had you not be in a very different place i think there's a lot of people in those moments we help we all have probably multiple moments in our life like this defining moments and uh i think it, there's a lot of power in hearing how others have chose to help them through those times uh is there a moment that comes to mind for you you could share yeah i mean i think you know the last time um i worked in corporate america and i remember, you know, talking to the CEO on a Zoom call, we're the last, one of the last companies to shut down for COVID. And I said, why are we taking so long? I'd already told my team that they could work from home. I had some people that were immunocompromised and invulnerable. I wasn't going to have them in the workplace. So I just said, you know, you know, everybody work from home, you get your work, you know, as long as you get things done and done the way we want them, then, you know, I don't care when you do it or how you do it. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I was surprised that the CEO was taking so long to make this. Well, what, what is the problem here? Well, how do I know that they're working when they're at home? <laughs> Again, this assumption that somehow you know, you just got a bunch of lazy, no good people working for you. That that really shocked me. And so I, I said to him, but here's the thing. I sit right outside your door and I never see you walking the halls. How do you know they're working for you now? Yeah. Um, <laughs> shortly thereafter, I got laid off. <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 I saw it coming and I realized what overcame me was how calm I was. Yeah. And it was that calm before you, you, you pick up the, the sword and the shield and you, you go in and fight for the very things that, um, you saw that was wrong in this broken system. Yeah. And so I think that was really the moment having been involved in, in DEI work for so many years as kind of a sideline to my strategy roles. I'd always said, I don't want to do that for a living. I want to be a strategist. I want to be a, a you know, an intelligence officer. I want to do all these things that were really a part of my, my, you know, my, my, my work toolkit, right? Mm -hmm. And then I realized I can't do this. I, I, have, I have to take up the sword in the, sh in the shield. And I, it's not a fun job, right? It's right. not a fun, because I hear these things over and over again and I just want to scream. But it is a gratifying job. I love my team. We're all part of this mission. And we are willing to do the hard yards to hopefully transform one company at a time 
and to ensure that um, there is a positive working relationship between management and talent that is going to be required to be successful in the 21st century. And that's how I got here. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Thank you for sharing that. What's uh, what, what is one or two things that, you know, if the listeners are to implement today could help move their life forward today that you could give them as we finish, finish our time out today. I think with individual contributors, you know, employees, I think, you know, again, as I said, I'm a recovering boomer. I just got off of a coaching call a few minutes ago where it's really important that you understand what kind of lifestyle you want to lead. Um, Careerism is over as far as I'm concerned. It's about how, what kind of life do I want to lead? And then what role does work play in helping me achieve those goals? Yeah. If you do that, you're always going to have clarity on, on the kind of work you do. I think the second thing is for managers and leaders, um, how important it is to embrace the mindset change that is needed to understand how to manage humans. We're going to have to spend a lot more time and intention in understanding the people that we work with. And that is going to take some hard yards. And you're going to have to reskill yourself to be able to understand how to manage humans. And that's okay. We should all be learning. We should all be that on that lifelong learning journey. And if you are a CEO or a member of the C-suite and you don't embrace that journey, then you have to really question whether you belong there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, what are some ways we can, uh, as the listeners can follow you and keep up with you and what you're up to? Yeah, well, please follow our page, Do What Matters page on LinkedIn. Um, and our website is letsdoitmatters.com. We just put in a, a new updated list of services on our website. Um, many of them are workshops with playbooks. We've often been asked for, you know, people want to have a playbook, right? We talked about champions and getting yeah. in the game, right? Right. So we definitely want to at least be coaches to help people um, execute on these strategies to improve the workplace, make it more positive for everyone. And so we have created a number of playbooks around employee resource groups, around recruiting, uh, attracting talent and managing them for success, um, as well as how to have challenging conversations and conflict management. So check out our resource page because uh, we are really evangelists when it comes to uh, improving the workspace for both managers and individual contributors in the 21st century. Excellent. Yeah, we'll get that linked up and uh, encourage everybody to go check that out. I appreciate your time today, Lauren. Thank you so much for the conversation. Thank you. I really appreciate being here.